basement floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement project. Call us with your do-it-yourself dilemma. Don't have a dilemma. Dilemma is a bad thing. We can empower <laughs> you to figure it out if you pick up the phone and call us at one eight 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 Money Pit because the answer is sitting there right in the back of your home improvement brain. We're going to bring it forward and put you to work and make that project happen. But you've got to make it happen first if you call us at one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. We've got a good hour planned for you coming up first. There is nothing worse than a musty, moldy, smelly house. Typically in the basement. It means that you could be breathing in mold spores, which could make you really sick. Uh, but it's what you can't smell that you kind of really need to be worrying about. You know, dust, allergens, and viruses, they can all permeate the air in your home. So this hour, we have advice on how to cut down on the humidity that feeds these toxins and increase the air quality in your home. And also ahead is a sloping yard putting you a bit off kilter. We've got some tips to help you gain a level playing field in your yard. By building a retaining wall, it's not that hard. We're going to talk about the new tools, the new techniques that make this a very doable DIY project. We'll have that coming up in just a bit. Plus, did you know that every flush in your household adds up to a third of your water bills? That's hey, amazing. Seriously. That's why I tell you, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it <laughs> down. <laughs> but if you want to cut those bills, why not install a water-saving toilet? We're going to teach you how to find the right one and why water-saving doesn't mean a less powerful flush. Plus, this hour, you can win a very cool hand tool. It's called the PowerLock Multi-Tool from SOG. It's a very versatile multi-tool that features several heavy-duty components, including a hard wire cutter and a double-tooth wood saw blade. It's got a screwdriver. It all folds up, very convenient to carry around. It's worth 110 bucks, but it's going to go to one caller that reaches us with their home improvement question at one 888 money 888-666-3974. Let's get right to those phones. Leslie, who's first? Penny in Michigan, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Yeah, I have a question. Uh, we live in the woods, and we have moss growing on our roof. Okay. And I think it looks pretty nice, but my husband thinks we need to get it off. What's your verdict? Why does your husband think you need to get it off? He thinks it's damaging the shingles. Well, if it gets really, really thick, it can lift the shingles up and possibly cause leaks. But it's mostly a cosmetic thing. Really? Well, yes. I'm so glad to hear that. So we can just leave it and let it look nice and pretty. You can, as long as it doesn't get too terribly thick and, you know, start to grow under the shingles. Because then again, it could, you know, it's going to hold water against them. And that's going to sort of work its way into the roof sheathing and that could cause rot. So a little bit is okay. But if it gets to be really thick, then I would treat it with a mildicide. And you could do that simply with a bleach. Yeah, bleach mm -hmm. and water solution uh, works bleach fine. Water. Yep, Exactly. Okay, well, thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. You've settled, You're welcome, settled an argument. <laughs> All right, well, we're happy to help. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Raymond in Hawaii is dealing with the issue of too much heat coming through the windows because he lives in Hawaii and it's awesome there. How can we help you, Raymond? I have two rooms on the west side of my house that, that in the afternoon catch all the heat and. It makes two rooms unbearable to stay in, so I'm trying to find a way of looking to reduce the heat. I've already put in a solar attic fan, but the rooms are still roasting hot, and I can't use them. So I wonder if there's some suggestions you might have that might help me. I was thinking of an awning, but um, 
I'm I'm open to anything you have. Well, would you consider replacing your windows? Um, okay. Because the new glass that's available today is much, much more sophisticated than anything that was in Windows in the past. And if you buy the high-performance Windows, and by the way, if you do this before the end of the year, you can get a tax credit towards uh, next year's tax expenses. And if you buy glass that's rated 30-30, and that's the solar heat gain coefficient and the UV rating, all you have to remember is it'll say 0.30 slash 0.30 on the glass. There'll be a label on it. And make sure it meets the qualifications for the tax credit. If it meets the qualifications for the tax credit, it'll be fine. And that's going to reflect so much of that heat outside that that room will never overheat again. Um, the windows are louvers. So oh, well, wow. If you, if you change from louvers to, uh, to uh, another design that's not a louver and use a high-performance glass like that, it's going to make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we don't use air conditioning in Hawaii. Yeah, right. well, I mean, you, you get could, such you, a great breeze. Yeah, of course, and you could choose, um, you know, casement windows or some other design that, that can be fully open, let plenty of air in, but you, there's just no way to make a louver window energy efficient. It's just not possible. Okay. <laughs> and you need glass that's insulated that can reflect the heat back outside. You'll be much more comfortable, Okay. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, it is officially autumn. My goodness, this year is just whizzing by. If you need some help getting your house in tip-top shape for the cooler weather that is pretty much upon us, give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, an uneven yard can really cut down on usable living space. We've got tips on how you can fix the problem with a retaining wall after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatru Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatru Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatru.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. Not only will we do our best to answer your home improvement or your home repair question right here, you'll also be entered to win a PowerLock multi-tool from SOG. Very cool product. It's a versatile multi-tool that features several heavy-duty components. It's got a hard wire cutter, a double-toothed wood saw, and a quarter-inch foldable screwdriver among the many tools in this particular product. All right, you can see it at SogKnives.com. That's S-O-G Knives.com. It's worth $110, but if you get on the air with us this hour, it could be yours for free. That's a great prize. The number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Well, if you've got a property that's sloping, the best way to increase level space is to build a retaining wall so say the experts at QuickCrete, and we agree. You know, leveling the yard really helps you reclaim some of that land around your property and make it useful for projects like landscaping, building a deck, installing a paved patio, or even a walkway. If it's sloping, it's kind of hard to use, not to mention difficult to cut. 
Mm-hmm. And you know what? A retaining wall, it's actually a great do-it-yourself project. Now, QuickCrete has a product called Quick Wall, which is a surface bonding cement that can make the job a little easier. It's a reinforced Portland cement-based material used for construction of dry stack cement block walls. Now, dry stack means just that. You don't need any mortar between the cement blocks to make it all stay together. And I like that a lot because you can use this method for retaining walls as long as they aren't higher than three feet. You don't need any railroad ties to build a retaining wall this way. You can do it with blocks. They are just a lot easier to work with. You can even add some color because QuickCrete has a product called the Stucco and Mortar Color. There are actually step-by-step instructions on how to do just that, how to build the retaining wall, and also many other weekend projects on the QuickCrete website. Just look under the Products tab at QuickCrete.com. That's Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E.com. Russell in Texas needs some help with something going on on the limestone around their money pit. What's going on? I have a, a limestone uh, border wall and or, for landscaping, and I have algaeus growing all over it. Okay. And I was wondering, is there anything I can do to get that algae gone and keep it off? Well, yeah, there's a couple of things. First of all, you can use a siding wash product like uh, Joe Max or uh, Oxy. Um, OxyClean? Yeah, OxyClean. Yeah, OxyClean has a house wash. Has a house wash, yep. And you put it on there, let it sit, and then you can scrub it off. Now, in terms of keeping it from coming back... Is it really shady over there? Uh, yeah, there's quite a bit of shade. And that's why. You know, if you can you can find a way to, to trim some trees back and let a bit more natural sunlight in there, that'll sort of burn it off. When You well, don't have, have to cut to the trees down. You just have to no. let a little light through. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to move the house. Yeah, that would be bad. So this is what you get for living in paradise. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're just going to have to stay on top of it. But if you use a, a siding wash like that, make sure you let it sit for a while because then it really gets into the roots of that and kills it. And it won't come back quite as fast. A lot of people just try to blast it off with a pressure washer, and that doesn't always work. Okay. Thank you much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Toba in Georgia needs some help with a decking project. Tell us what you want to work on. I have uh, bought a house, a house, and the deck on the house it probably has not been stained or pressure washed in seven, eight years. Okay. What product could I use on? The wood is good. It's just discoloration mm-hmm. and... You know, well, that's actually a good problem because a lot of folks call us when they've got you know unknown layers of stain on their deck. Yours just has never been done, so you're pretty much starting from scratch, right, Leslie? Yeah, I mean, which is a a really good situation to be in because you know you're able to sort of put on whatever it is that you want. What is the condition of the deck? Is it you know splitting? Is it cracked? Or do the planks look like they're in pretty good condition? They're in pretty good condition. So are you looking for something that gives it more of a color, almost as if it looked like it was painted, or do you just want to keep it kind of natural and just sort of bring it back to life? Kind of natural, bring it back to life. Well, at this point, I mean, because of the age, you know, you're kind of past the point where you could do a clear coat, which would be like the most neutral thing you can put on there. But you can pick something that's called a semi-transparent stain, which is sort of a light coating of color. You'll still see some color and you can go in a natural wood tone. There's lots of things from, you know, sort of like a yellowish pine to more of a reddish cedar. So you can pick something that would be in a wood tone family, but it's 
almost sheer enough where you really can see the graining. And if the if the decking is in good condition, this is great for you. You know, for somebody whose deck is in, you know, far worse shape, we always recommend a solid stain, which is like super saturation of the color. But if you go with a semi-transparent, you know, that'll really do a great job of protecting it from sun damage, protecting it from cracking and checking, from mold growth. I mean, it really will do a lot of good for the deck and sort of extend its life even more. Should I pressure wash it first? You might want to just to give it a nice, fresh, clean surface. Don't be too aggressive. A lot of people get really excited with a pressure washer and and go super heavy, really close down to the surface, and that ends up splintering and damaging the wood planks themselves. So just sort of be gentle with it. Step back about a foot and a half, you know, with the wand itself and give it a nice cleaning. Then let it dry very, very well. And the autumn is the perfect time because the humidity is low. You'll have that moisture dry out very, very quickly. And once it's really dry and you know it's not going to rain for three five days put the stain on and you're down there in atlanta so you can use this well into the fall you should take a look at home depot they have uh, the bear products there behr and they have premium weatherproofing wood stains and finishes that are really really excellent and they also have uh, deck cleaners that you can use to prep the surface of the deck so it's a good line of products take a look at uh, your local home depot it's bear behr products thank you Thanks so much. Enjoy your program. You're welcome, Thank Toba. You. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right, now we've got Joe on the line who's dealing with a door installation issue. Tell us what's going on. I'm replacing my walkout basement door. It's okay. the old one that was in there when I remodeled is 44 inches. The largest door that I could order now is 42 inches, so I got to fill in two inches on either, on uh, combination on one side or the other. Okay. What's the best way to do that? You need to use a door expander. <laughs> it's a board stretcher. Get a board stretcher. Widen that door out. Well, you're putting in a, uh, uh, is it like a regular exterior door, or it's like a Bilco door? What's the issue? No, it's, it's a regular, it's a walkout basement. All right, so it's what I would do, listen, what I would do is this, and it's going inside a concrete block wall? That's correct. I would get uh, one by six pressure treated. Okay. And I would, or, or five quarter, like you'd use for a deck. And I would line the sides of the opening with the pressure-treated lumber. That can go right against the concrete. You're going to attach that to the concrete. And then you're going to attach the deck to that. I mean, sorry, then you're going to attach the door to that. And you can shim in between. And then the trim may have to be a little wider than normal to make sure you cover that gap. And that's all there is to it. Do I use, like, Tapcons to fasten it, or do I want to, do I want to glue and use Tapcons? Tapcons would be perfect. It, it, you know, it's... Uh, just basically has to hold the door vertically, and that'll be fine. Okay. That's one of your favorite screws to use, right, Leslie? Well, I just like the <laughs> attachment pieces they that to come work with awful it. Good. And they, they work really great. do. And you know what I found when using a Tapcon in like a brick or, you know, in the proper application of stone, sometimes, and I've seen people take some wire and they sort of fold the wire in half and put that into the hole, and then you drill in and the wire sort of becomes like an additional anchor. I've seen all sorts of weird stuff with Tapcons. I find them fascinating. Leslie's a hardware fan. I am. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds All right, good. Joe. Well, I hope that helps you out. Good luck with that project. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Time to head into the bath with Mary in Massachusetts. What's going on at your Money Pit? Hi there. Yeah. Um, I got a, a, uh, an old tub, the cloth, cloth or tub, 
and it uh, came with a house like the house built in early 1900s. And uh, I don't know if the finish is going on it or what, but uh, now when I let the water out, it's like all yellow wherever the water was, not just a water line. And um, also, if I even when the perfectly dry, if I put a, uh, a uh, let's say a bottle of uh, plastic bottle of bleach or detergent in the tub, just get it out of the way. Does that and work? It, it doesn't leak or anything. But when I pick up the bottle the next day out of the tub, it leaves a big round brown spot. It don't go okay. away. You know, I wonder if you've got hard water. Have you thought about using a product called CLR? CLR. Yeah, no. it stands Calcium, for calcium, lime, and rust. Yeah, it's a good cleaning product for mineral salt deposits. Uh, it's called CLR. As Leslie said, it stands for Calcium Lime Rust Remover. Very common product. Been around for many years. Very effective. I'd try cleaning the tub with that and, and see what happens. You know, sometimes the old porcelain um, actually gets reasonably porous, and it tends to build up some stains easier than it did, you know, when it was newer. Oh. And, and that's a good way to clean it. Okay, Mary? Okay. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Hey, are you getting soaked with high water bills? You know, your toilet might be the biggest culprit in your home. In fact, the average household uses dozens of gallons of water a day on flushing alone. And that is a lot of water. Up next, though, we're going to teach you how to save water when we welcome this old house plumbing expert, Richard Trithui. And Richard's segment is presented by Tree Wax, all-natural hardwood floor cleaner since 1935. Tree Wax products have set the standard for quality floor care with a line of waxes, sealers, and cleaning products. That's all coming up next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And in a time of super eco-awareness, low-flow showerheads and other water-saving measures kind of seem like a no-brainer. So why is it that more Americans don't just use them? Well, everybody gets the flashback to the Seinfeld episode, I think. <laughs> you know, it does help if we tell you that low flow doesn't necessarily mean low water pressure. So here to sort everything out and explain this mystery, we've got this old house plumbing expert, Richard Trithui. Welcome. Nice to be back in the money pit, guys. Thanks for stopping by, Richard. Talk to us about this technology. Now, this, and last time we had John, we talked about the low flow toilets. This is kind of the same thing. I mean... There was an interest in supplying low-flow devices to the masses, but, man, when they first came out, it was... Do you remember them? They oh, were, God, they you were hilarious. They were like this fine spray that you could <laughs> barely get a suds off your, off your head. In fact, and I they were to... terrible. And uh, just as the, the, the mandate from the government to, to go to low-consumption appliances preceded the technology to, to deliver it, and uh, so... Uh, very similar to the low-flush toilets. You know, when those first came out, Richard, I was a home inspector back then, and one of the most uh, important pieces of information that my clients would frequently ask me <laughs> is, how do you pull that water restrictor out? That's right. right. <laughs> well, and they obviously didn't make it that difficult to remove. You'd look at the backside of the shower head, and there was this, like, pristine right. white plastic piece with a crosshead slot right in there, and you'd go, right. whoop, 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 oh, right. now my shower <laughs> Well, I don't think people realize nowadays that every single kitchen faucet has a 1.5 restrictor in the, in the aerator, uh, you know, and, and it's still it's a fabulous stream of water that comes out now. I don't think they realize that every shower head is 
Uh, and uh, so, you know, I think they've really figured it out. And the key to it is to have the sort of the screens that are in the aerator to, or in the shower head to sort of um, allow it to feel like a fuller flow than that fine mist that used to come out from those awful old ones. So it like boosts the water with air, essentially. Yeah, well, that's in the kitchen, in, in, in the aerator, the thing that's on a kitchen faucet. Mm-hmm. That's the key to it. If you just had a uh, a restrictor and then it shot right through, it just come out like a sort of a an ugly stream. But by aerating it a little bit to sort of get it to force its way through these screens, it looks much fuller, and uh, so you feel like you're getting you know plenty plenty of water. But I will tell you that uh, you, there is a, a potential maintenance issue, and uh, we just did this on one of our Assess a House programs where somebody would turn on their faucet, they would make a sing, and then no matter whether they turn it on the hot or the cold, all of a sudden it would just shut off. And, and any time that happens, if you have a, a drop-off in water pressure that's both on the hot and the cold, look for that aerator to be partially clogged. And we, when we opened it up, we found a little piece of Teflon tape from the installer uh, that had just clogged the backside of the aerator. Yeah, it's interesting because it really takes almost nothing in That's terms right. of debris in the pipe. It can take a little piece of solder, like you say, a little piece of tape, yep. and it can practically shut the whole thing down. That's right. That's the uh, trade-off of trying to save water. It's a smaller opening, so even a little bit can clog it right down. But it's important to do. You know, it. Uh, you know, this. Uh, we just leave water running in this country. You know, we just use so much more than anybody on the planet. And although many parts of the country doesn't don't feel the sort of the the water scarcity like we do in the American Southwest, it, it's everybody's issue now. We're talking to Richard Rathui. He is the plumbing expert on this old house. Um, Richard, do you think the water sense uh, program that the EPA rolled out a few years back is going to have a, a very positive impact, much in the way Energy Star does in terms of the manufacturer sort of getting together on the standards for these things? Yeah, I think we have to. This, this, you know, we have to force conservation. We have to introduce standards so you know you've got some metric to know what you're buying. So I don't, I don't hate seeing that. There's not often that I say that let's have the government get involved and help us all. But in this case, I think it's a, it's a pretty good thing. I think that's great. Richard, is there any special kind of maintenance? I know you said that the screens are such a delicate situation within the aerator. Do you recommend that we occasionally take them apart carefully and, you know, clean with vinegar? Yeah, there's actually, and in hard water areas, you're going to see at the side of your shower head, you know, you're going to see some iron and some calcium, a little magnesium and stuff like that. And many of the fancier low flow shower heads actually have a way that you can turn a dial on the shower head and thereby clean out those small jet holes that are in some of the better shower heads. And that's, that's a well, that cool feature. So yeah, yeah, that makes that so makes much sense. Yeah, that makes so much sense. sense. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, that's great news. And Richard, we have nothing to fear from low flow uh, shower heads as well as other plumbing. Jump in the water. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, go in the water. <laughs> Richard Trithui from This Old House, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. All right, guys. And to catch more of Richard and the entire This Old House team, head on over to thisoldhouse.com. You can also watch them on your local PBS station. And This Old House is brought to you by Cub Cadet. Cub Cadet, you can't get any better. Up next, take a whiff. Do you smell anything? Well, maybe not. But that doesn't mean you don't have dust, allergens, even toxins permeating the air you breathe at home. We're going to have tips on how you can clear that air and make it safe and easier to breathe next.
The Money Pit is brought to you by Stanley Tools, your trusted name in quality hand tools. To learn more about their complete line of quality tools and everything for your toolbox, visit stanleytools.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we want you to be part of the Money Pit. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Not only are we going to do our best to answer your home improvement, your repair, your design question, right here on the fly, no research, you are going to be entered to win a Power Lock multi-tool from SOG. It's got a few heavy-duty components, including a hard wire cutter and a double-toothed wood saw. My goodness, this is quite a handy tool. It's worth $110, but if you get on the air with us this hour, it could be yours for free, which we all love. The number again here is 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Well, if you have a damp or musty smell at home, it's a sure sign that you might have mold somewhere in the house. The good news is, though, that there is a new way to combat moisture and mold throughout your entire house, and it's called Easy Breathe. This is a very cool product that we really like. Easy Breathe is a maintenance-free way to dehumidify your house. One Easy Breathe unit does the work of seven dehumidifiers. Seven, count them. You don't need seven dehumidifiers running 24-7 if you have just one of these Easy Breathe units. It's very easy to operate. It's got no filters, no buckets of water to empty, no filters to change. And unlike a dehumidifier, it's energy efficient. It costs less than two to four bucks a month to operate, plus it's quiet and unobtrusive. You basically put it in your basement or your crawl space, and most importantly, it keeps the moisture level in homes at an ideal level all the time, preventing the buildup of mold and mildew. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Mold is like the leading contributor to asthma. So you really have to be careful. Now, you also have to be concerned about the things in the air in your home that you really can't smell. You know, toxins, allergens, dust. This is the stuff that the EPA says will make the air in your home worse for you than the air outside. Believe it or not, I mean, that's true. That's really crazy. You're in your house now all winter and autumn long. You've got those windows closed. You're breathing that air over and over again. And the Easy Breathe unit is going to help with that, too. It's going to bring in fresh air and then replace that stale indoor air so you can breathe easy knowing that you're getting the fresh air from out of doors. You can learn more at EasyBreathe.com or pick up the phone and call them at one 866 Call them now, 866-822-7328. Pat in South Carolina needs some help cleaning the driveway. What can we do for you today? We have a truck that sits in the driveway, and there's rust. When it rains, the rust drips off from certain parts underneath onto the driveway. Okay. And we've tried different things to get it off, but nothing has helped so far. And we were wondering if you had any ideas. Have you tried TSP? Trisodium phosphate. It's available in the paint aisle of uh, home centers and hardware stores. Works really well. Uh, you mix it up into a bit like a paste and sort of trowel it on that stain, let it sit for a bit, and it should pull that rust stain right out of it. Okay. And you'll find it in the paint aisle of the home centers. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your help. That should lift the stain right out. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 1 888 Money Pit. Don in Texas is calling in with a foundation issue. Tell us what's going on. Well, I've got a cracked foundation that's been cracked for several years. In fact, uh, about 12 years. And it doesn't seem to be going anywhere, but I'm wanting, I'm wanting to know what's going to be happening. Is it the wrong thing to do to not fix it, or it's, it doesn't seem to be going any worse? Yeah, well, listen, if you've got a cracked foundation and it seems to be relatively stable, I'd leave it alone. 
If you have issues with moisture getting through it or anything of that nature, you can always caulk the crack. But if it's stable and it's not moving, then I think you're okay, Don. Okay. I've got post-tension instead of rebar. Okay. And I figure maybe some cables let go and maybe some are holding it. <laughs> well, I mean, possibly if you want to be sure, you could have an engineer look at it. But uh, how big is the crack? Maybe three-eighths of an inch. Three-eighths, but it hasn't moved at all. No. But I've got a drop in the down the roof line. My house is it's, a, it's just a rectangle. Right. I've got about 80 foot that I can side down. I've got a three-inch drop on one end. Well, here's what I think you should do. Uh, now that you told me that, I would have either a, a professional engineer or a professional home inspector do a partial inspection of those areas. I suspect it's going to be fine, but because you have such a big drop in the roof, I'd like to know what's causing that. Okay. All right. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Don is calling in with some questions about lead paint. What can we do for you today? Yes. Um, my son um, purchased a home uh, that was uh, built in the 40s. Okay. The garage has um, probably about one by four planks of wood covering a frame with peeling paint that is lead-based. We mm-hmm. tested it with one of those home test kits. Okay. And I'd like to know, like to know what's the best way um, that we can remove it safely. Hmm. Uh, how much lead paint is there? Um, it's probably about 800 square feet. Oof, that's a lot. I don't know lot. if you want to do this, Donna. Yeah, I don't I, think you want to do it. I mean, it, was it the EPA that just earlier this year mandated that? Well, contractors have to pretty be certified much, yeah, now. Yeah, every contractor yeah. has to have an EPA certification for the proper removal of lead-based paints and the proper sort of cleanup and sectioning off methods from one area of your home to the area of the house that's actually being worked on with the lead paint. Now, this now, is outside and what can happen is if you get those chips into in the, the soil ground. you can you can basically uh uh toxify the soil around the house and then you know little kids that are playing there uh can get into the lead and that can get into their bloodstream so it's really not a project for you to do yourself when you're talking about that much paint when you go on the website for the epa they don't really mandate this for homeowners who are taking on the projects on their own which i think is unfortunate you know we had some work done in my house um last year october we put in central air conditioning and at the time my son was 18 months old and as clean as the folks were and as clean as i was in the house my son touched something putting it in his mouth and had elevated lead levels and, you know, it was a huge concern for us. And thankfully, everything's okay, but I, I would not mess with it myself. You can go to epa.gov slash lead, epa.gov slash lead. There's a link there for renovation, repair, and painting, and they walk you through the requirements, and they have tips on what to do uh, for various levels of lead exposure, in other words, how many square feet you have to get rid of. But it's definitely, I don't think, something you want to do yourself. Not with that much. Yeah, and you want to look for a contractor who has this new certification. Okay. You've answered my question. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. 
This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Up next, when a hammer and nails just won't do, you can turn to adhesive. Adhesives actually can be used to bond just about anything with long-lasting results if you know what type to use for your project. We'll help you sort that out next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So if you're in the market for a new power tool, wouldn't it be cool if you could really try it out first? We're actually going to hit the road next month to introduce a new store that can help you do just that as the Money Pit broadcast from the Craftsman Experience in Chicago. This is sort of the ultimate DIY playground. It's a very cool store with lots of hands-on activities and home improvement clinics and even project stations where you can really test out those tools before you buy them. And you know what would be super cool is if we could see you guys live and in person at the Craftsman Experience on Saturday, October 2nd. We're going to be broadcasting from downtown Chicago. We'll be leading special project demonstrations during the day. And if you don't happen to live near Chicago, you can follow along online at facebook.com slash craftsman so you can be with us virtually. We're looking forward to it. Hope to see you there. For details, visit craftsman.com. 888-666-3974. You can call that number to ask your home improvement question or head on over to moneypit.com just like Nancy did. All right, Nancy writes, what adhesive should we use to glue ceramic tiles to a rock? We want to attach four house number tiles to a rock in front of our home. They're three inches by five inches each and they will be vertical. So I'm trying to find something that's fast drying and thick to prevent the tiles from slipping down as we attach each one. We live in Southwest Florida where it's hot, humid and rainy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Those are all like terrible conditions for adhesive. You know, a while ago, uh, we had did a promotion where we had folks write us about their uh, liquid nails projects. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised how many people use liquid nails for projects just like this. I mean, to build things out of brick and they're afraid to use mortar, they use liquid nails. And it actually stands up quite well and, and lasts quite, quite a long time. In fact, I uh, noticed that the construction guys at my son's school were using this to construct some benches. Really? Uh, with bricks, yes. Uh, right outside the uh, the door of the school so the kids had a place to sit down. So I think that that would be a perfect application for tile. Mm, and you know what, Nancy? If you're nervous about things slipping while you're waiting for the adhesive to like really grip, just go ahead and put some tape or some bungees or something around the tiles after you've gotten them on, wrapped around the rock itself, since I imagine it's a ginormous rock and you're not carrying this inside to lay it on its back. Um, something, you know, a super large rubber band, whatever you can get your hands on just to sort of help keep them in place while everything is sort of curing and setting up. And that should really do the trick. All right, Carol writes, is there a way to treat paneling that has become dry? The paneling is about 30 years old, and it's still in excellent condition. It's in a bedroom, but it's very dry. Can I treat it with something inexpensive and non-toxic to give it more life? What about Murphy's oil soap? Well, certainly you can use that for maintaining it, but I mean... It's wood. You know, it's not like it needs a moisturizer. If you put a finish on it or something with a little sheen to it, it'll look brighter and a bit more vibrant. I think this is just an appearance issue. It's not so much a a, a drying issue. 
Uh, if your home happens to be incredibly dry, of course, you're probably just uh, more uncomfortable than the paneling is, trust me. So, and that's a case you're where you a might want to look at... You're a moisturizer addict. Yeah, look, at some, uh, look into some humidification issues. Yeah, you know, you might want to look into a whole home humidifier, which will sort of, you know, monitor the humidification levels in your home, or the humidity levels, rather, and keep it at a comfortable level so that you, your furnishings, your wood paneling will actually be, you know, properly moisturized. Um, and really, I would look into some sort of you know clear coat light stain something in a neutral color maybe something that's just simply clear just to coat and refinish that wood surface just to sort of help it you know look brand new again and it depends on whether this is uh you know like quarter inch paneling or you know one by paneling too if it's like more like wainscoting then you can actually sand it very lightly and simply refinish it and bring it back Mm -hmm. to life even if uh, it looks a little yellow if you sand it you'll sand it you'll sand that oxidation right out of it and basically have a new surface to start with. And congratulations, Carol, for being the first Money Pit listener who wants to keep paneling. (laughs) This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We hope you learned a little bit to make your Money Pit a safer, more comfortable home. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 